श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए बहुत प्रेम आनंदे हरिबो सो गुड आफ्टरनून एवरीवन नाइस टू बी विद यू नाइस कीर्तन एंड दिस एज आई मेंशन लास्ट नाइट आई बीन एस्ड टू स्पीक अबाउट द क्वालिफिकेशंस ऑफ द गुरु व्हिच इज इंटरेस्टिंग टॉपिक say the least and uh I'll do so as briefly as possible to touch touch on the salient points <clears throat> that we may be better equipped to proceed hmm, with our spiritual life such understanding and uh so with that in mind I will refer to a verse that I've spoken on before so uh there may be some repetition there for those of you who listen repeatedly to my talks I try not to try to make every talk a little different though there are recurring themes of course but uh, I have spoken on this verse um so there may be some repetition and repetition of a good thing can be a good thing so it's not bad Uh, it's a popular verse uh from the vantage point of the goswamis the architects if you will of the sampradaya hmm? we sometimes refer to them as the shastra gurus another kind of guru shastra gurus because they've written the uh the the bhakti shastras for us in effect hmm? they've taken texts that are universally accepted as revelation by universally I mean by all schools of vedanta both monistic and 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 theistic and um from them and the bhagavat in particular shrimad bhagavatam written their own texts which have then taken on a canonical like uh, status for us they are our scriptural canon the bhakti rasamrita sindhu the brihat bhagavatamrita and so on and so forth so this is what i mean by the bhakti shastras and so they are sometimes referred to as our shastra gurus hmm important point they've given the foundation for the sampradaya what is the metaphysical or the world view of the uh, tradition and then from there on however important we are we are carrying on that important work of the goswamis re-explaining it according to time and circumstance and trying to bring to light its uh, its implications and so on which is a big task in itself pujapadshita marsh once compared the work of the goswamis the brindavan goswamis to um that which is involved in making a garland out of gems So if you have gemstones and you want to make a garland out of them the first thing you have to do is drill holes in the gems the second thing you have to do is thread the string through the holes hmm. so he said the goswamis they've drilled the holes in the gems they left for us the task of threading the uh, the stones the holes hmm. and garlanding the world with gaudiya vaishnavism so their foundational work is very um significant extraordinary again it's the foundation of the sampradaya they have given the beta bed achintya beta bed tatva 
idea and formed a school of Vedanta. So our work is to carry that out, to distribute that, to explain it, again, relevant to time and place and circumstance. Our Prabhupada did a very extraordinary uh, service in that regard, and we're all here uh, because of that. Faithful as he was to the previous uh, charges, and understood he will be in context of the parampara and what's come before him, and now what's coming after him, also. Um, so, the verse is from the eleventh canto of the Bhagavatam, and it's a popular verse. I want to say because the Goswamis, I believe, cite this verse more than any other verse, um, with a view to explain the qualifications of the guru. It happens to include, and appropriately so, the qualifications of the disciple. And, of course, in a very kind of concise way. Hmm? So from 11th canto, maybe the 20th chapter, third verse, or third verse, 20th chapter, third chapter, 20th verse, third chapter, 20th verse. Uh, there it is said, what? Tasmad guru prapadeta jignasu shayutamam shabde pare chanishnatam brahmani upashamashrayam. Hmm? Upashamashrayam. This verse comes right after uh, a couple of verses explaining the futility of material pursuit in this life and the next. And the next means that you can't carry it with you, and and the extended next means you go to heaven and you can't stay there either. So it's temporal, is the point. Um, any material acquisition, um, and therefore it can't give you any permanent status, any permanent standing. This, of course, is a very basic point. We know, we think we know it, but we we don't act as if we do often or enough or as much uh, as we should because our realization of this theoretical point hasn't hit as deeply home as it uh, as it uh, will in due course it's a shocker of course uh, that uh, the life of material acquisition is like going backwards it's like moving in quicksand which Tarzan says don't move Mm-hmm. And also old movies, whatever you do, don't move, because the more you move, the more you'll go down. So he swings in on a rope and saves Jane. So, karmic life, material acquisition, trying to get a footing, some standing. We, we, we have standing as an entity. We are sat. But we've identified with matter and the, the moving picture of the world and so forth, and and so we're trying to get standing in relation to that world, which is constantly in flux, constantly transforming. And so it's difficult. It's, indeed, it's impossible to arrive at sat in a world of asat. But this is what we're about. And so here comes the, the, the Tarzan of Gaudiya Vaishnavism swinging in on, on the... Uh, On the rope of uh, the holy name, and uh, and and saying, "There's another stop," and grab onto the rope, and and uh, and we'll take you take you up. Um, but just to stop moving in relation to the the moving show, if you will, of material nature. It's an appearance of movement, 
But nothing really changes. I think it was Prabhupada, I don't know who he was quoting, used to say, it's kind of a crude uh, um, example, but anyway, it came to my mind, that the prostitute has nothing to offer her customer but the lower part of her body, but she dresses it differently every day, and so she's always got customers. She dresses differently, and it's, it's the same thing. So um, it's always moving, but nothing's really changing. Hmm? Such as material life. At any rate, uh, the verses that precede this verse speak about the futility of material pursuit, and when the Bhagavad thinks, okay, this, in this instance, in this chapter, we've got that down, we've made a good point for this, a solid point, tasmat guru prapadita, then it, uh, it uh, opens up with, wow, a great prospect. First it was, your prospect for material life, I'm sorry, but um, it's misunderstood. There, There is no pot of gold at the end. There's not even any light at the end of the tunnel. Hmm? I have a younger brother. I've told the story. Some of you may have heard, but he went looking for me, who was, you know, missing in action <laughs> for quite some years from the family, myself. So he went looking for me, and he and um, we used to live. My family used to live in the Chicagoland area. So he went to the Chicago Temple, which was in Evanston at the time, and he met the devotees there for the first time. He's like ten years younger than me, and um, uh, I was still probably in my late twenties when this happened. So he was he was pretty young. Anyway, they they talked to him, the devotees, they oh, you're Triparari Maharaj's brother. Well, they gave him some attention, and they spoke to him for hours. And afterwards, he said, this is what they told me, he said that I had painted my life on a canvas with watercolors, and all that you said has poured water on the canvas, and all the colors are merging together, and it's all collapsing. And, hmm? So he had an, an epiphany at that moment through, through Sadasang. He's a, kind of a spiritual guy, it turns out. And we have conversed since then. Um, <laughs> so, quite a bit. So, uh, after dashing our hopes, if you will, for material life, the Bhagavatam, of course, and this is a good instance in this little capsule of where we're entering into it for the moment today, it doesn't stop there with a pessimistic and disappointing um, picture, but a very optimistic picture. Hmm. And, and in this form, tasmat guru prapadita jignasu shayutama. Tasmat means therefore. Hmm. Therefore, if you understand what's been said, and these are just real basic, but, but basic doesn't mean bad or that we can skip over them. Very foundational points. Hmm? If you understood this point about the futility of material pursuit, hmm? really, then what you should do, therefore, hmm? to make a solution to the problem. It's a problem. Hmm? You're trying to make something out of nothing. Hmm? It's a problem. So if you, so, so with a solution, tasmad padita. Therefore, you should... If you understand this, you should take shelter of a guru. Tasmad guru prapadita. Prapadita means to surrender, take shelter of the guru. Then, tasmad guru prapadita. So, uh, 
Jignasu she utamam. And now it says it in another, same thing, kind of in another way. Tasmat guru papadeta jignasu she utamam. If you've understood this point about the futility of material pursuit, therefore you should take shelter of the guru. Tasmat guru papadeta jignasu shreya utamam. And and place before him or her an inquiry or come with an inquiring spirit spirit about the Shreya Uttama, hmm? Jignasu. With an ign- in Jignasu means inquiring. So it's some inquiring spirit as to if going to heaven, which in the Vedic culture is a huge thing, and the lifespan there is said to be so long that you know, you know might as well call it forever hmm? comparison to our short lives and so forth. So it seems a desirable place, but if this is if the if the, yeah, the, the your faith in this has been crushed, hmm? which the Bhagavatam tries to do, crush the faith in the Varnashram um, and its prospect of material betterment being the, uh, the, the be-all and end-all of, of, uh, of religious and spiritual life. Crush the faith, you can't go in that direction anymore. Hmm? Um, faith in, again, in going to heaven for billions of years, enjoying without any repercussions hmm? for billions of years. So, having your faith crushed in that, inquire from the guru, then if that is not the ultimate good, what is the ultimate good? Shreya Uttama. What is the Uttama Shreyas? Not only the Shreyas, but the Uttama Shreyas. Hmm? There's Shreyas and there's Prayas. So, Prayas means immediate gratification. And then there's Shreyas, which is, well, maybe I will forego some immediate gratification and I'll step back and I'll go to school for a few years and put in the austerity and, and get the burden of student loans and, and so forth and so forth so that rather than just playing so that I can um, work less and play more ultimately because I'll have an education, I'll get a better better job and, uh, and, and so forth. So some shreyas rather than prayas, the basic idea. Here, the idea is, what is not only the Shreyas, but what is the Shreya Uttama, the ultimate ideal. The ideal is going to heaven for millions of years, billions of years. Hmm? What could be... So, if that doesn't work, because the sun burns out... Hmm? I mean, it's kind of crazy if we were to go on, go on a campaign, the sun is burning out. We would be right. <laughs> but people would think, you know, these people are nuts. But we would be absolutely, absolutely correct. Hmm? And it's a problem. Think, well, we'll deal with that later <laughs> when it burns out. Uh, you know, they tried to go up on an asteroid. I think they got had a problem with that recently. Uh, an asteroid or a comet or something like that? A comet. To ride a comet. And... In, in case one is heading towards Earth, I guess they're practicing to go and blow it up or something in the, in the sky. Um, but to make another sun, I don't know about that. 
that would be difficult. So it's a problem. Hmm. Just a way of framing the overall problem of material existence, obviously. And so it takes a thoughtful person to appreciate the point, hmm? to have your hope stashed, if you will, to the point where you're, you're ready to make a radical uh, solution and get on board with the idea that the sun is burning out. Join the sun is burning out club hmm? uh, with a few, just a few people. Don't expect the whole world will join your campaign. So it's courageous. Courageously, therefore, go to the guru. Hmm? And this is a person whom you can inquire about the ultimate, ultimate good. Hmm? Hmm. So, as I said, this verse speaks about the qualifications of the guru, but in the context of doing so, it speaks about the qualifications of the student as well, which are um, very important to know. Hmm? Often it's asked, what is the qualification of the guru? And the answer may readily come, do you know the qualifications of the student? Without knowing those, then and putting them in place, you will not be in a position to recognize the figure who can do the most good. Hmm? So to... And, 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 and I know that, that qualified gurus are hard to find, hmm? but qualified disciples are hard to find too. <laughs> That's a secret. Uh, <laughs> that should be let out. <laughs> Prabhupada himself said, my only fault is that I've initiated so many unqualified disciples. That's what he said. So, um, so it's important to know that. There's two sides to the equation. You can, you know, what is the meaning of teacher without the student? That's meaningless. And so, in a nutshell, if you will, the qualifications of the, guru, of the disciple are described uh, uh, to put it in Prabhupada's language, once he often or sometimes he said, not everyone needs a guru. Well, we thought everybody did Prabhupada, so we we're you know shaking every tree and under t- turning every stone and <laughs> telling everybody they need to meet you. Hmm? And he said, no, not everybody needs a guru. Only those who are interested in making a comprehensive solution to the problems of life. This is exactly what and this is exactly what we're. We're talking about the Shreya Uttama. And everybody's just not interested. So you've got to interest them in that first, if you can. And, uh, and, and then they have some openness to be able to perceive that help is available and what is the nature of it and so on and so forth and take advantage of it. So a very strong emphasis in the beginning. It speaks about a radical kind of a person who is the student who wants his ultimate solution to the problems of life, not a piecemeal um, kind of solution. Um, it's, you know, here it is. One person's feast is another person's funeral. Mm-hmm. Hmm? told me the other day, they, in, in Madhavan, they found a, a, a in, in Costa Rica, our ashram there, a, a young, young snake with a little frog in its mouth. Hmm? So, because the snake was young enough, they thought we could, you know, 
grab the snake and free the frog, poor frog. Hmm? But then they thought, well, what will the snake eat? <laughs> so we will starve the snake to save the frog. You can't win, in other words. This, I, I told a story of myself. I came into the, into the bathroom at Odari and I saw a spider, a web, a fly in the spider's web. So immediately I thought, well, pull him out of the web, the poor guy. And then here comes the spider. This is material life. Hmm. It's speaking to us all the time if we just listen and observe and be aware, witness. Hmm. There's no solution. Hmm. So this kind of thinking, this is kind of a sattvic type of a thinking, Hmm. there's different qualities to intelligence. So sattvic intelligence is one that cannot be satisfied with the idea of uh, of, of a world that doesn't endure, because it's it's sattvic um, intelligence is one that it ha- has some um, uh, clarity as to the nature of the difference between consciousness and matter, and that I'm of the nature of consciousness. So, the, the idea that the world won't endure. I was a you know, when I was young. I used to live in the Santa Cruz Mountains before I joined Prabhupada, and I would sit and think, what will I do with my life? And I would just go through all these possibilities, and all of them, I just thought, well, that just doesn't, it just ends, it just, <laughs> it doesn't play out. It's, it, and I just thought, it was kind of stupid in the sense, it was obvious, but all these things, they all, they're, I, they're temporary, I just couldn't tolerate the idea of a, of a pursuit, a profession, that, that a lifestyle that didn't endure, of course, and none of them do, So, uh, which is kind of obvious. But it, anyway, the way I was thinking about it was peculiar to me at the time, and it was, it was, um, uh, it, it, it uh, you know, helped to propel me in the direction of something that was enduring, hmm? happy and enduring, affectionate, meaningful. Hmm? And that was at the feet of this divine grace. So, this is the problem. Hmm? It's not really about solving the problems of the world. Hmm? It's about solving the world of problems. <laughs> Something like that. And it's a perception. It's a particular angle of vision that we see there are problems in the world. And then we try to solve them one by one, piecemeal here and there. Hmm? But no, it's a world um, world of problems, and the world is a con- is a is a conception, a, a perception that we have. Hmm? And so, Gurudev gives us another angle of vision. Hmm? Once in Nadia, sitting at the lotus feet of Pujapad Dev Goswami Maharaj, one of my god brothers, who had taken sannyas from him, asked, Guru Maharaj, I'm here, you know, for whatever it was, Kartik or Gorpurning, we used to go there and, and uh, spend time with him during those um, festivals on the Vaishnav calendar. And so he said, I'm here, is there any service that I can, you know, I want to do some service here at the Mott. And Shudamar said, yes, you... Uh, 
Try to change your angle of vision, was his answer. <laughs> so it's not just a mechanical do this, that, but to try to think differently. <laughs> this is not easy to do, but this is at the core of, of what uh, the, uh, the, the problem and, and the solution. It's an angle of vision we have to come to. We are, we are, our particular angle of vision in material life is one in which we see ourselves as the subject matter as the object that we can enjoy and use for our purposes and and, and, and so forth. Um, and there's some truth to that, but looking down as we do at matter um, and enamored by the possibilities of using the objective world and tools for our mentally conceived purposes, we don't look up and see that in relation to the Godhead, our source, we're a subject, but Krishna is the super subject. In relation to him, we're kind of like matter <laughs> is in relation to us to be used for his purposes. And if he deems that we have meaning and value, we do, and so on and so forth. So we have to become almost like the things hmm, that we say we are not. Hmm. You follow <laughs> the, 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 the things of the world. We have to become a thing, so to speak, a consciousness thing in the hands of, of, of Bhagwan. Hmm? Hmm. Just like we use the tools for our, our purposes. We have to be used only for his purposes. This is a huge change. We're used to acquiring knowledge for our purposes, filing it and pulling it out when it's useful to show who we are and why we should be respected, hired, married, or whatever. Uh, uh, but the, the, the knowledge coming from the guru is of a different character, a different quality. While knowledge of this world, hmm, we make an agenda and acquire knowledge to pursue that agenda, this knowledge from the guru is such that we are on its agenda suddenly. Hmm? We're not making the agenda. We are on the agenda of this knowledge. So this is a very radical kind of change, hmm? a diff very different angle of vision. So this is to, we need to chip away at this, so to speak, at the foundation of how we think and look at the world. And, and gradually, gradually, we get bhakti sangskar. And you know, we talk about things. Sometimes we talk about the prayojan tattva. And, and we talk about the philosophy in, it, in a sometimes a deeper way to plumb the depths of the implications of what's being said and so forth. But as we see as we go through this verse, as I explain it, foundational points are really what are most important to us. Basic points are not points to jump over. Hmm? They're points that if we really put them in place, the other points will come in due course. Hmm? Now, to, in order to put those in place, sometimes we need more points and more information and insight and different ways of thinking about the same thing and so forth that we can we can keep working in terms of doing the hard work of building a foundation. We want a house to go up and we want it to be 108 stories. Hmm? And when we're told, okay, start digging. Wait, wait a minute, I wanted it to go up and you're telling me to go down. Hmm? Yes. And you got to go down. How high do you want to go up? Okay, this is how high you got to go down. Excuse me, how far you've got to go down. It's pretty far. You need a deep, deep, deep foundation. 
to go that high all the way to the Brajalila, a deep foundation, hmm? very solid one. And the ground of that is Gurudev who's standing on that foundation and cannot be shaken, blown in the winds of time and other thoughts and uh, world of thoughts and ideas and, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So, um, so, so the so the disciple is a very kind of radical person. Wants a radical and comprehensive solution to life. Uh, it's not for everybody hmm? uh, yet, but in due course, we'll get all infinite number of them, <laughs> uh, something like that. Uh, uh, but those who have this um, inspiration to make a con- comprehensive solution, they're in a very good. Um, position. They can then identify the guru who now is described in the verse. So, tasmad guru prapadyeta, one should take shelter of the guru, and jignasu shrey uttama, make inquiry into him. If heaven is not the goal, highest ideal, millions of years of enjoyment without any complica- um, implications or ramific- negative ramifications, I mean, more years than you can count on this, whatever they had in the syllabus thing. So I guess you can go pretty high on that. <laughs> anyway, what, so what is the ultimate good? This kind of sincere, serious inquiry. And then, The guru is described. So, our topic. Shabde pare. It is said, Chanishnatam. What the Bhagavatam is giving, and I think this is why it's the most popular verse uh, in the Goswami's verse books uh, when speaking about the Guru and his or her qualifications. Um, what's being described here are observable um, characteristics. Hmm? That's very useful to us, right? We could say we should take shelter of a guru who is dancing on the banks of the Jamuna with Krishna right now. Hmm? Okay, <laughs> what do I do? Go to the banks of Jamuna and look for one there? Or, no, I mean internally. Oh, well, how will I know that? How can, that's not really um, directly observable. Hmm? So that advice or that insight... Hmm? There are many qualifications of the guru, especially in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that, that, that are important. But let's talk, Goswamis, this is the thinking, about those that are observable. Hmm? That's practical. Hmm? And the implication, of course, is if in the context of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, hmm, theistic Vedanta, those are in place, then we can assume other things are also in place and we can learn theoretically about them, and with confidence, by going forward and taking shelter and taking shiksha and so forth and applying ourselves accordingly, then we'll have the experience that our Gurudev has deeper experience that really uh, makes possible, if you will, the observable symptoms that this verse describes. So first observable symptom is what? Shabde pare. hmm? Shabde pare. Shabde means that he or she has heard. Shabde. Shabde means heard from the revelation. 
Hmm? So they, he or she, the guru, is schooled in the revelation. For us, this would mean we are in a particular tradition, the Gaudi tradition. As I said, it has its founding charge, its architects, its Shastra gurus. And so one who has heard that argument, hmm? well, is the implication, hmm? who's familiar hmm? in a comprehensive way. Therefore, both the extent to which he or she should be familiar and the nature of what they should be familiar with in terms of having heard from the revelation is mentioned. Shabde pare. They should be familiar with shabde pare. Pare means here a theistic understanding of the sacred texts. There are monistic understandings. Hmm? All types of misunderstandings of the texts. But who has a theistic understanding of the argument of revelation that sheds light on Bhagwan. Hmm? Bhagwan is the object of love on the path of bhakti. Hmm? Paramatma is the object of observation, hmm? Hmm? that which one is to witness, hmm? the witness himself, the super witness, the paramatma is the object of such for the yogin. Hmm? And Brahman, the unspeakable reality, non-differentiated, you can't speak about it because it has no differentiation, no qualities, hmm? uh, absolute. This is the object of the pursuit of the the, the jnani, hmm? the non-theistic jnani. Hmm? So we are bhaktas. This is a bhakti tradition. Hmm? And this is a verse in Bhagavatam that is speaking about Bhagwan and Bhagwan in his fullest expression, ultimately, Sri Krishna. Shabde Pare means who has understood, therefore, from the sacred text, hmm, the argument for and the position of Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, Krishna, hmm, the Supreme Personality of God, this tattva that Jiva Goswami says is the key, the password to understanding the Siddhanta of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Very important point, because if we want to, as I've said before, give ourselves entirely, we have to find someone who can take entirely. That is what Krishna means. He's a complete taker. He's depicted as a complete enjoyer. Hmm? Narayan is not depicted in the same way as a complete enjoyer. Hmm? There are things that he does not enjoy. He does not enjoy the having parents. Hmm? He does not enjoy having intimate friends. And and he has one Lakshmi. And Lakshmi Sahasur Satasambhamasi Vimano. The Brahma said, and there there are millions of Lakshmis in Golok. There's one Lakshmi in Vaikuntha. And she wants to join the millions of Lakshmis in Golok. Hmm? She has that aspiration. What must that place be? Hmm? There we have the supreme enjoyer. Hmm? He's depicted as such. This is the idea that if you want to give yourself entirely, completely, hmm, 
You have to have someone who will take complete. And this is the challenge of Krishna in Gita. And Gaudiya Vaishnavism comes on the other side and says, well, we got that in place. Now the only thing we need to in place is that we want to give to that center without any expectation of, of getting. Ahituki hmm? Bhakti. And they've just, Gaudiya Vaishnavism is all about this. It's just taken this up and the gopis have played it out. This verse in the Gita is about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? As they surrender to me, I reward them accordingly. Gopi said, okay, let's try it. Hmm? And what comes out of that? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? When the gopis take that verse and say, okay, we're going to surrender to you completely, hmm, as best we know how, comprehensively, what does Krishna say? Um, I'm in trouble. I made a promise here that I could reciprocate in kind hmm, for the way in which my devotees surrender to me, but the way in which you surrender to me, I cannot reciprocate in kind. Your own worship and surrender is is a better gift than anything I have to give. In fact, I find myself desiring it. Hmm? It's it's extraordinary. Hmm? And so I'm going to pursue it. And what I will do, and I know it's not going to work, but I'll try to pay you back in this way. Hmm? Once in the day of every Brahma, hmm, I will take birth as a sadhu and I will make devotees for you. Hmm? I will turn people into gopis, handmaidens for you. Hmm? This is what I will do. Hmm? Your sadhuness, he says, your sadhuness, saintliness, is your, is, is your own virtue. It exceeds any, anything that I could bestow upon you. I'm embarrassed by it. Hmm? This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, right in Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? Um, so, Krishna's too Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna says this kind of thing. Hmm? He makes this kind of challenge. Narayan cannot... Do, Krishna can do to a point, and then he can't do, but then, oh well, he does something. He's very clever, so he becomes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and, and gopis are satisfied with the payback. Hmm. They're actually embarrassed by him, because what he really has done, he said, I can't pay you back, but what I'm going to do is go into the world and celebrate your love everywhere. Jai Radhe, I'm going to say, Jai Radhe, everywhere. And you've been trying to hide in the background and make me the center and I'm going to make you the center. That's what I'm going to do. And they're thinking, no, 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 <laughs> you don't have to do that. I mean, <laughs> so he does pay them back in a sense, uh, but it's in a very clever, clever way. Hmm? Their love is such that they don't want to be. Radha doesn't want to be in in the front unless it's necessary to be in the front to satisfy him in any given moment. Then she'll push everybody out of the way. Hmm? If only she will be able to satisfy him, then she'll push you out of the way and go. Hmm? Otherwise, she's not fond of being in uh, in the front. Krishna should be in the front. Is her idea. Hmm? So, Krishna's two bango and swam. This is a very important point of tattva because if you're going to give, you have to have a source that can take. And this is how Krishna is depicted: a complete taker. Hmm? So, subde parechanishnatam, one who is a familiar 
with this, the theistic argument coming from the Bhagavatam, the Shabda, and 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 to what extent Shabda Parecha Nishnatam. Nishnatam means in every way, upside, inside, backside, north, south, east, southeast, southwest, in every direction, who has very... Uh, this is what the verse word means, very comprehensive knowledge of the sacred argument. This is the description in Rupa Goswami's Bhaktivasamrita Sindha of the person who is most qualified to tread the path to the extent that by his or her treading the path, they set an example that others can follow. Hmm? That their person becomes the, uh, the, the practical manifestation of the teachings which very much help us to take the theory and put it into practice ourselves. That is the Uttam Adhikar, whose most Adhikar have most qualification for treading the path, which has no end, if you will. Mm. Even though Prem is the end, the nature of Prem is described as full, but always expanding. That mm. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's good. Mm. How it can be full and always expanding. We just like the idea. Uh, so, uh, what is the what is the uttam adhikari? Uttam adhikari, who Rupa Goswami says he or she, shastranipun, shastriyukti, hmm, has a scriptural kind of genius. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur once said, Shidhar, he nicknamed Shridhar Shastranipun Shridhar Maharaj. Hmm? So he likes his. His, uh, his acquaintance with the text. I like to say that this Shastra Nippun is kind of a um, scriptural genius, is kind of a, it's not a memorization, if you will. It's, a, it's a, a real feeling for the text, which Shastra Yukti, or reasoning about the implications of the text in such a way that you land on your feet, also requires. It requires some taste, some feel for it. Um, so, uh, and, and a kind of example of Prabhupada's Shastra Nipun, scriptural genius, would be something like when someone asks Prabhupada, um, in Goloka Vrindavan, what happens after they eat? And Prabhupada said, why don't you go there and find out? This is, this is go there and find out. This is kind of a kind of a scriptural genius, if you will. It's like you, you, you don't get it. <laughs> You're thinking too much. You just why don't you go there and find out? Hmm? Um, he was full of those type of kind of one-liners that you go, oh yeah, yeah. You should think about like you read too much. Hmm? He would say when some guy wanted to say, once said, Prabhupada, um, you know, there's Nanda Maharaj has nine hundred thousand cows. And Vrindavan is like this wide and this long. And I did the math, and 900,000 cows, cows won't fit there. And Prabhupada said, you read too much. Hmm? Once I was walking with Prabhupada in Vrindavan, and, and the question was asked, not by myself, but by another godbrother of mine, that Prabhupada, we're going on Parikram to different places in Vrindavan, and we have to go by bus, long distance, to Arata, Kun, to Govardhan, to Barsana, and so forth. And, of course, but in the descriptions, Krishna's going there at night and coming back and, and so forth. And so, like, how does he go this long distance, such a short short time? Hmm. 
You can see the nature of these questions is that they just don't get it, do they? They just don't get it. That's really... You're trying to bring the whole thing inside the fist of your intellect and capture it there and, and so forth. And we talked about this last night. This is a, this is a problem. Hmm? So Prabhupada said, oh, it's very nice. Vrindavan is like a lotus. Hmm? And it's closed up. And when Krishna wants to go to one of the outer petals, it opens. And he just goes like that. Hmm? Like on your fingers. Just jumps from one to the other. Hmm? Oh, no. It's the other way around. The lotus is open. Hmm? And he's Radhakund and it's at a great distance. And when Krishna wants to go there, it closes up. And then he just goes to the next one. Hmm? And somebody goes, hey, write that down. That's how it works there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an opener. <laughs> That's not how you get scriptural genius. You have to go, oh, I should stop thinking for a while here. And chant. And, and like a no. Hmm. By not thinking more than I can by thinking. I should think enough to know that of the limitations of thinking and so forth. So, so Shabde Paretanishnatam. This is an observable characteristic. This is my point here. That he or she is very well versed in the scripture. Hmm? It means not just to cite verses that are memorized, but put them together. And like someone today told me, said, well, I, uh, hey, you know, here it says from the Vishnu Purana cited by Jiva Goswami in the, in the Paramatma Sandarbha hmm, that the Jiva Swarupabhak, it has its own form. So, therefore, the Jiva has its Swarup as a coward boy or, or a gopi. <coughs> there it is. I said, no, that's not what it means. Your swarup means it has a nature. It has its own nature. Hmm? And he said, well, I looked it up in the dictionary, and this is one of the meanings, own form. So I had to say, okay, if you wanted to say own form, then here's what it says. Hmm? The jiva has its own form means, of course, each jiva is, a, is delimited. In other words, otherwise there would be no difference from one and the other. Each atom has its own form. Therefore, if they didn't, they wouldn't be different from one another. They're equal, but they're different, like so many atoms. Hmm? Hmm? So it has its own form. What it's not saying in the Paramatmasandarbha, which happens to be talking in this section about the nature of the jiva, divorced, theoretically anyway, of the influence of the maya shakti or the sarup shakti. What is it? Hmm? So there are some things described about it. Hmm? And it has its own form. In other words, it's they're individual. This section is about how the jiva is real, as opposed to Advaita Vedanta, which says the jiva is not real. Hmm? No, it has certain characteristics. It's real. Hmm? It's full of. Uh, it has ananda and and chit and uh, and so on and so forth. And it had it, it's delimited. It's 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 a group. Sarupabak. It's individual, uniform, but, but individual. Hmm? What it's not saying, which what this guy was thinking, that, that the jiva has, separate from the sarup shakti or the maya shakti, its own swarup as a cowherd boy. Hmm? It's packed in there. There it is. Hmm? That is a form which is the jiva's own form, when the jiva 
is about prem. When the jiva has attained prem, then that prem has to take a shape to express itself. And that prem is such that it can, it does, it captivates Krishna. What to speak of dispelling the influence of maya? That's just a small thing. It can captivate Krishna. It does. So his argument was that I have a swarup. It's inherent in me, and I fell from Goloka. I said, well, you must have fallen with your prem, <laughs> and it didn't work very well because <laughs> it got covered by maya somehow. And this is not So this is... You can go in and you can say, I looked in the dictionary, this word says this, but you don't know the context, what's being talked about in the Paramatma Sandhavra in this section. You don't understand the nature of prem. You don't know the definition of prem, given the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and so on and so forth. This is not what we're talking about. Hmm? Who knows the scripture? And, I mean, this is for me, it was like shooting fish in a barrel or something, but, um, but they were dying and they didn't know it. <laughs> something like in the discussion, so with some persons, but um, the guru has to understand what's going on in this section of the book, in that section, why this means, all this kind of copy. Otherwise, as Vishwan Thakur says, he can't, or he, she can't, dispel the doubts of the guru, and that in an ongoing way. You may, all of us may be able to dispel the, devout, the doubts of somebody we meet and say, you know, hey, we're stuck in the elevator together. What are you about? Well, what are the beads on your neck? Well, here's a story. You know, we might be here for a while. I'll tell you about it. And the guy gets excited and comes to the temple and so forth. And hmm. But now ongoing, hmm, ongoing to dispel the doubts. And when they dip again back into the world and they hear the currents of the world and th- and and they, and they then they read some argument from the book that was written thousands of years ago, and it's not making sense to them now. It's a, to dispel all these doubts in an ongoing way. One has to have comprehensive knowledge. This is guru means heavy, it, literally. It means heavy with knowledge. Hmm? So shabde parechanishnatam, and this I'm saying is an observable characteristic. Hmm? So that's useful. We can see. Oh. He, he, and, and, and it also says the guru is not necessarily a psychologist or a biologist or hmm, anything else. But somebody asked me about having a relationship with the guru. I said, well, the guru is a teacher, so bring him an apple and, and be a good student, and you have a relationship. And he'll mark the and say, oh, she's a good student. A plus, very good. Notice you over someone else who's not paying attention. Hmm? Of course, this is the basic idea. Hmm? There's further ways in which we can have a relationship as we go higher and so forth. And uh, also in terms of service. The guru may have particular service personally that he or she is doing. We may be able to help with that and so forth. And naturally, you can have a relationship then based on the service. You're helping me with that. I have to talk to you about that. But it's not just for, you know, I wanted a personal relationship with my guru, but, like, you know, he's not like writing me and asking me how I'm doing or what's the color of the, you know, what's the weather like out there or something like that, like ordinary relationships are about. There's one topic here, <laughs> only <laughs> this is the basis of the relationship, one topic. You know, we may say, how's your family, this, that, that, and okay, now the topic. <laughs> yeah. 
something like that. And if it's, if the, if the, if this strays too far, you have to excuse yourself. Mm-hmm. I've got something else to do here. Mm-hmm. So. This is an observable characteristic. The guru has to be well-versed in the scripture. It's not sufficient to say that, for example, um, Prabhupada wrote all the books and, you know, just go there. Read them. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? The previous Acharya wrote so many books, so you must get the knowledge from there. This is not what's being described in this verse. The guru has to have the knowledge. Hmm? In the present, hmm? and speak about it in the same dynamic way that the previous acharya could hmm? in those times and those circumstances to keep it alive and well and so forth. Hmm? Hmm? So this is observable, right? Somebody says, what do I know? I don't know. Don't ask questions. That's speculation or something, you know. You know, you should come and sit and doubt before the guru. Doubt. Express the doubts. Then he or she should be able to clear the doubts and clear the doubts based on the argument from revelation. If I clear the doubts based on the argument from revelation, you go, yeah, 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 and the next morning you come back and go, you know, but I was thinking, uh, the same question, asked again with slightly different words and again you answer it completely and and then next morning <laughs> and they say this person not qualified to, to take to learn hmm? so I can't teach you you want something else you have lokik shraddha you have to have shrastriya shraddha shraddha is the eligibility for the path it means faith in revelation, in the argument of revelation, hmm? you can't make. I think it should. That doesn't make sense. I don't like that. I don't. I don't feel that. It's, you know, I want it to be different, and then go and look for some verse to make it make it different. Something like that. Hmm? No, hmm? it's about you changing, not about the scripture changing. To meet you, it's about you changing. Hmm? It's a. It's a. It's a radical. Remember, you're a radical person here. You want a comprehensive solution. Hmm? So, it's is an observable characteristic. Shabde parechanishnatam brahmani upashamashrayam. And this is the second one. Brahmani upashamashrayam means that upashamashrayam means equipoised. Hmm? That person is equipoised. It means that person has risen above the human passions. And this is, to a large extent, I would think observable. Hmm? Uh, I mean, you, you, you know, you, you could put a little camera in his room. You know, you don't know. There may be one there. <laughs> Somebody else put one there these days. But uh, there's a story in this that I'm reminded of briefly in, in this connection that Thakur Bhakti Vinod, hmm, in his revolutionary preaching and so forth, um, apparently got under the skin of somebody. Um, and they, well, Bhakti Vinod, one of the things that he was doing was trying to establish the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and there was another place that was claimed to be that place, and he didn't believe that was the place, and so this was a big thrust of Bhakti Vinod Thakur to uncover the places of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes, beginning with the birthplace. And so, um, you know, he had some people who didn't appreciate what he was doing, who were 
perhaps making a living off the other place or something like that. So, someone was hired to observe Bhakti Vinod, hmm, a spy, a detective, a private eye, a private eye, I like that, you know, think about it. private eye that no one knew about, to peer in on Bhakti Vinod hmm, in the wee hours and see what he does in the private and so forth. He did it for ten days, and what happened? He became the Thakur's disciple. Hmm. could not find any fault in him. Hmm? So, uh, so to rise above the human passions, this is, this is a very basic thing. Upadesh Amrita, which is a book that takes us from the beginning to the end, so to speak, begins with the same idea. It says, Bacho vegam, manasakrota vegam, jiva vegam, udurapasta vegam, etan vegam, yogasaita dira, sarvam apimam pratibhimsasishat. This person who can control these urges, this person is the guru of the whole world because the whole world is controlled by these urges. Hmm? And then it goes on further and further and further to describe ultimately the, the uh, uh, kind of a other things that would be in, in, in place. The implication being, of course, as I mentioned earlier, that if these things are in place... There's good reason to believe other things in place. And the word Brahmani is very important here. Brahmani Upashamashraya. In order to be Upashamashraya, to be equipoised and rise above human passion, hmm, which is miraculous. It's miraculous. It really is. It's super miraculous. We talk about miraculous things in the Leela and so forth. That's like super, super miraculous. But you don't even have to go there. Hmm? You may wonder about these things yourself. Well, it sounds pretty miraculous. Like Putin was like 12 miles long. And I don't know. You know, sometimes you remind me. Hmm? The key, the key to entering into that world of all kinds of possibilities, that magic world of Vrindavan, hmm? is to get in place these kind of foundational stones to, to rise above the human passions. If you can do that, then anything's possible. Hmm? You enter into a... You've done the impossible. That is mission impossible. If you've done that, the point is it opens you. You become a full, card-carrying member of a whole other world, the, the subjective world. The reason you cannot put those things together sometimes is because you're so identified with the objective world and its limited possibilities. Hmm? And it just doesn't fit. And so... You may have doubt about it at times. The point here is, what is undeniably something you have to believe in? And this is undeniable. You have to believe in this because you experience it every day. Hmm? It's not just some theory. That what? If you don't control your senses and your mind, you'll be unhappy. Play it out. Hmm? The more you let them go, the more unhappy you'll be in the shreyas, in the long run. If you go for the prayas hmm, and eat too much, then you know your your tongue says eat more, but the belly resists afterwards, and then you're miserable. Hmm? And so this is just a very simple point that everybody agrees with. Every atheist, every naturalist, everybody, nobody can argue with it. Hmm? Human life is about, in terms of differentiating it from animal life, the ability to control one's passions hmm, and one's mind. Hmm? What the what the spiritual discipline of bhakti is about is is really doing that hmm? in full measure. 
If you can do that in full measure, then what will be the result? Hmm? If we do it a little, we feel better. Hmm? Materially speaking, even about ourselves, healthier, and we are kinder, and so forth. Hmm? What to speak if you can do it in full measure? You can be then, the point is this, you can be the kind of person that everybody, everybody in the world says we should be, but we can't. But we should try a little bit. Hmm? But we know you can't entirely, so... But if anybody does it to some extent and rises above provincial thinking and so forth, hmm, and makes the sacrifice, they become a Gandhi, uh, a king, a Martin Luther King, and, and, and serve not, think not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. They be, these become the big people. There's two ways to become a big person in this world. Hmm? One is to do the kind of thing I'm talking about, which is to make sacrifices, to, which means you have to control the senses, you have to grow within, become a giver rather than a taker. Hmm? Animals just taking. There's more to take. They're not thinking about you first. Moo. No, you first. Hmm? And it doesn't... And it's, it's, it's painful to see from a human perspective because you see there's one little cow in the herd. She keeps get pushing around keeps getting pushed around. So you take her and put her in another herd where she's bigger and then she pushes everybody around. And you think, oh, no, why are you doing that? You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> you, you, you know, you got pushed around. Now, you know, yeah, now I'm going to push around. <laughs> so this is just not human. We're human. We want, you know, we want everybody to be a human. <laughs> we want everybody to be what they are, potentially, to be an atma, hmm? a giver. Hmm? Huh? Huh? And this is a, spiritual practice is, is, a, is a honed kind of focus system for being that. There's two ways to be popular forever in the world, in, in, you know, in a sense. That's to be this kind of person on some level, politically. I mean, Gandhi, Prabhupada would criticize Gandhi. But Prabhupada also paid his obeisances to the statue of Gandhi in, um, I think it was in, um, where's that? Mosque, that big mosque, Taj Mahal. What's it? Agra. Agra, yeah. Hmm? And then I think it was Gurdas was what? Probably said, don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't tell the other. But no, you know, this is you know he could appreciate the greatness on some level of people, and it was it was extraordinary the greatness of, of Gandhi, what he did, and he took a lot of sense control. Point is to do that, right? Hmm? So these people become popular. These are spiritual people or people going in the, in the generic spiritual direction, which involves, as I'm saying, at the basic level, controlling the mind, controlling the senses, being a bigger person by giving rather than being a taker. The more we do that, the more we become human and we realize the human potential, which is to transcend the limits of humanity itself and know thyself. So these kind of people become popular in the world forever. And who else? Those who are big in the opposite way. Your Hitlers, your Mussolinis, your Stalins, these people. So you're either for God or against God and you become popular. You become known in the world. Either you become well-known, popular forever for your Spiritual, however, generically, uh, I'm speaking about it, direction that you've taken your life or 
the materialistic, animalistic direction you take in your life. You can be famous for that too, but I don't recommend it. That would be infamous, I guess, right? Hmm? Hmm? But in either way, God is in the center. Hmm? Can't get away from that. Hmm? So this is really, for that matter, even the worst of people agree with what I'm saying. Therefore, you have this idea that after robbing the banks, the thieves sit amongst one another and, and insist, okay, let's divide the loot honestly here. Hmm? While they steal the mafia bosses and so forth, they're giving to other people, right? Helping people. They believe in helping people. And this is how to be the best person and so forth. Your Robin Hoods and so on and so forth. Everybody believes in these things. These are universal truths. Hmm? And the spiritual practice is about just putting this in place, just the full implications of this, and fully controlling the mind and fully controlling the senses, which is really possible when you put in front of them an object that is all attractive. This is the idea of Krishna. Now, in order to put that object in front of one, we need the guru who is shabdepare, chanishnatam, who can really keep him in front of you, what he is philosophically and, and, and so on and so forth. It's not just a picture, you know, that guy. God, brother of mine, well, I don't think he ever got initiated, but he was in L.A. in New York, and, of course, the idea was always remember Krishna. So he had a little flute, and he put a picture on it like this, and he would just play the flute and watch the picture, and he would never do any service. As I say, he used to circumambulate the temple, and the circle gradually got bigger and bigger, and he's out there somewhere, you know, <laughs> remembering Krishna. Hmm. No. People say, Swami, have you seen Krishna? Huh? And I say, I wasn't looking for Krishna. Hmm. I was looking for service for Krishna, and I found that. Hmm? And that's where Krishna is. Hmm? Hmm? So, to keep Krishna in view, the all-attractive, this is takes some work because we are so distracted, and we don't have taste. We don't have any, you know, I can say, come and taste this meal. Come with me to the opera. And the guy goes, oh, the opera. Oh. Uh. How boring. So he doesn't have a sarudayam, you know, a, a sympathetic heart for that. He hasn't got a samskar for that. <laughs> so he has to create a samskar. Here, here he is, all beautiful. Doesn't look good to me. Okay. Listen a little bit now. You know, what you think is beautiful. Let's talk about that. Hmm? What's its nature and so forth and so on. Expose that. And so, and so this is the work of the guru. This requires knowing the scripture comprehensively, and being an example of this person who's done the impossible. Hmm? I love this poem of Rudyard Kipling called, named If. Hmm? It was recently, in recent years, Joni Mitchell put it in, in, into song also, who was one of my favorite artists of, you know, I'm not much of a listener these days, but... Um, and it's uh, it, 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 it's very kind of the essence of the philosophy of the Gita. Theology aside, the first six, six, six chapters are mostly the basic philosophy of what you are. Hmm? It's a tattvamasi, you and that. You first and then that. First hear about yourself, the Gita says. Okay, I like that idea. <laughs> Let's hear about me. I am indestructible. Uh, I am, you know, I never die. Uh, well, this is great. You know. uh, 
Now you heard enough about yourself. Now we're going to hear about that. Hmm? You, that, or him. You are his. You're going to hear about him now. Then Krishna. I am this, I am that, and everything is strung on me like pearls strung on a thread, and so forth. And if you've understood who you are, then you're in a position to, which is, a, which is quite different than what you thought, quite wonderful, and is an atma. Hmm? And if you've absorbed that, then all that Krishna says about himself, all that he is, and all that he does in the Bhagavatam, hmm? becomes perfectly understandable. This is the key to understanding all this magic of the Leela, to do this magic, hmm? right? to turn off the magic show of material life. It's all smoke and mirrors. That's all. It's all smoke and mirrors. The real thing is you, your unit of reality. Hmm? And your possibilities are so high. Hmm? But to come to this point, Kipling's book, uh, poem, if you could do this, if you could do this, if you could, if you could walk amongst the royalty and not lose touch with the common folk, and these mix all these um, um, uh, two ends of the spectrum, where you have to be equipoised, balanced. Hmm? This is yoga, right? This is the, the the basic idea, and it's it's it's. He says when it's all done, if you can do this, then he's writing it to his son. Actually, then my son, then you can say that you're a man. Such a beautiful idea of what it means to be a man. Hmm? How gentle of a person you will be, self-controlled, peaceful, giving. Hmm? Not like what it means to be a man. <laughs> yeah. Some, you know real kind of macho type of a woman hater or something, you know, or whatever. Uh, no, it's, it's an idea. It's, it's, this is the idea of the Gita. What it means to be really, a, 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 to realize your human potential, to be a real woman, a real man, a real, um, to, to realize your, your full potential. And this is, then to, to your potential what your potential is, and then to act on your potential. This is bhakti then. Hmm? Hmm? I have the potential in relation to Bhagwan, the medium for which to make that relationship is bhakti, to apply myself in bhakti. And although I myself am extraordinary as a unit of ananda, satchitananda, I can have atmaram, atmananda, but in relation to him I can experience bhakti ananda. Oh, then I can enter into that mystical world of, of Leela and so forth. So the point here is this, that these observable characteristics, hmm? Hmm? Hmm. this is also one kind of nishta. One kind of nishta is that one is balanced in all these things. Hmm? Doesn't lose a temper, hmm? uses the temper sometimes, doesn't lose the temper, doesn't, it's not succumb to anger and um, lust and greed and avarice and so on and so forth. Steady in this and, this, and steady in, in hearing and chanting and so forth. Hmm? You could observe steadiness in hearing and chanting to some extent, but this is perhaps more ob- ob- observable. Hmm? So the point being is that we have in these observables, some objective evidence hmm, as to the inner life, because Brahmani Upashamashram. The verse says, 
who is being situated in, 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 on the spiritual platform, Brahmani, Upasamashrayam. In other words, you cannot do that. You cannot love your neighbor like your friend just by thinking about it. Hmm? You can't even love your wife like that. You know, you've got to get have differences with her, and you know, and, and or your husband or something, or your kids. I mean, let's speak of your neighbor. Hmm? So to, to do that, you you have to have come to identify that with which we all have in common, the underlying reality that we are all consciousness, not human, man, woman, so on and so forth, black, white. This only by this is what the Gita says that the perfect yogi is one who feels the sorrows of others as if they were his own. Hmm? Hmm? So, these observable characteristics, if we find them hmm, in someone, hmm, then the other qualifications, if you will, if you will, in Gaudiya Sampradaya for the Guru, which are subjective, not observable, you can't like, check them out. I could say to you, I just talked with Krishna and he told me this. And you could say, well, I can't, you know, I don't know if I can verify that. But, but if I can, like Prabhupada once said, he was asked in Madras, I was with him in Madras. Madras, no, excuse me, in, in, in um, Hyderabad, big pandal. Maybe some of you were there too. And 50,000 people came. After the talk, which was from the fifth canon with the Bhagavatam about Rishabdev, Nayam Deha Deha Bhajan Riloke Kastanka, Ahade Budbujamye, it's a heavy, heavy thing, verse. Somebody said, Swamiji, Swamiji, I want to know, have you performed any miracles? Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to know. And Prabhupada said, Yes, I have performed m- miracle. These boys have given up sex. That is my miracle. <laughs> Everybody was, that wasn't what I was thinking, but that's pretty miraculous. <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> it was his, his idea. These are miracles, this is his point. This is a miracle. Hmm? To arrive at this platform. Hmm? And this is observable. And if we see these observable characteristics in someone, then the other unobservable, if you will, huh? subjective experiences, like if someone says, I realize that I'm eternal. Hmm? And I went in, I meditated, I re- experienced that I'm eternal and that I'm part and parcel of God and God is like this and so on. And so we go, okay, great, you know, that's... And somebody else over here says they talked with God and he told them to, you know, to, to, to kill, you know, a next-door neighbor and right and so forth. But the difference is those who speak about God speaking to them or whatever try to explain their subjective experience which we can't objectively verify if they have these objectable, objective, objectively verifiable observable characteristics then they have credibility hmm? then they have credibility hmm? we're, we're evolving an objective criterion for validating the experience of the mystics and it's extraordinary and you really have to see it like this if you can find people like this, it's miraculous. These people have done it. It's, 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 it's mission impossible. And it's what everybody says you should do and you should be like and so forth, but they all kind of say, but like in Christianity, I was at a fair and they had a table 
Hmm? And they said, come on over. We've got a qu- one question to ask you for our survey. I said, okay, what's the question? Just one question. And, it, and, and if you answer the question, we'll give you a prize. And I said, okay. I always like to talk to the religious people, you know. So they said, okay, our question is this. Have you ever sinned? And then everybody goes, yeah. Says, okay, here's the prize. This is about the person who never sinned. Hmm? The one and only person who never sinned. What they don't tell you is that that person said, you should become like him. Hmm? The Jesus, right? Jesus said, what it means to be a Christian is to become like Jesus. Hmm? To become Christ-like. Hmm? Hmm? To never sin. Hmm? They think he's, he's, he didn't, so we can, and, you know, we're okay, but we should stop, but we can't, but <laughs> we should, but we can't, but no. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> so to become Christ-like is the idea. Hmm? This then is some, as I say, observable, objective criterion. And that's why I think the Goswamis like this verse. Because in one sense, what is the point of talking about other things? He's dancing with Krishna, as I say, along the banks of the Jamuna. You can't really verify that. Hmm? He's a Rasik, he's in the, he's in the Kunja. A lot of these ideas don't even really... Um, illustrate a very good understanding of the philosophy and, and how it works. And what's the position of a sadhu, a guru, uh, uh, even a even a even a prem bhakta in this world? Hmm? That's another topic. I think because we talked at some length about this, but it, it just serves to f- further underscore that these are the things that should be looked for. Hmm? And if they're there in place within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, then we can expect other th- other things, important qualifications, are also there. Because how they got there, that hmm? by by thinking of Krishna, by by developing a relationship with Krishna, by keeping he was all attractive in full view, so to speak, so not distracted by anything else. Hmm? <sighs> Any question? <laughs> I didn't go too long, did I? This time it was a little, just about right. Yes. I was reading in Shiguru and His Grace, and I don't know if you can answer this briefly or not. He still talks about the qualification of a disciple, and then also he talks about qualification of a guru. Both of them, he still uses the word, you must be sincere. In order to be effective guru, you have to be sincere. And then in order to be effective disciple, you have to be sincere. And I looked all back through again, and I, and I, I was wondering if you could just define the word sincere in that context. Well, it's, it's a, it's a, it means to be thoroughly honest. Hmm? So an honest person says, I want this. Okay? So you give it to them. They say, well, you know... I want that. So, you came, you said, I want this. So, I give it to you. You came, you said you wanted Krishna Bhakti. So, I'm giving you now Krishna Bhakti. I'm giving you a foundational stone to put in place in your heart where you're building a temple that Radha and Krishna will reside within. This is what I'm doing. This is what you wanted. Do you want a temple of Radha and Krishna in your heart? 
Yes, that's what I came for, Gurudev. Okay, here is a stone. Hmm? If you are thoroughly honest, sincere, then you take the stone and put it in your heart. Hmm? If you say, I want that, and you get the stone, and you get the stone, and you know, maybe I'll put it there, you know, maybe I'll put it here. Maybe I'll put it here, and it'll come out over here. Hmm? And I'll come back and say, I wanted that temple. Hmm? This is not to be thoroughly honest, you understand? So it's hard to be thoroughly honest. To hear, when I hear and I say, I can say to myself, I know that was right, that's true. She's right, he's right, I should do that. I, and you make that part of your life. Hmm? So this is how you change. Hmm? And I can tell you one thing about myself. I've changed a lot. <laughs> I know myself. I changed a lot. Hmm? Uh, by the grace of Prabhupada hmm? and Sridhar Marsh. So, and, and, and that's the task at hand. So this is... Uh, and, and truth, honesty, truth, sincerity, it's, it's a similar idea. Truth attracts, like attracts like. Truth attract, attracts truth. So if you, if you put those stones in place, you're going to get more stones. Hmm? Building's going to go up. If I see, you, if the guru says, yeah, I give you that, and then it goes in one ear out the other, then, hi, how's your family? Hmm? Hare Krishna. <laughs> when you're interested again, you know, come back and I'll, I'll give you a stone. Hmm? Something like that. But I wanted Krishna. But he gave me a stone. Uh, yes, yeah, so you require some understanding. That help? Yes. What else? Well, you've been a very good audience. I very much appreciate. Okay, one one small question. Yes. So we're trying to understand Gaudi Vaishnavism, mm. and and it seems as if the focus that you speak of, you speak of the forest uh-huh. and the focus, and all is within the context of. Um, so today we're speaking of Guru Tattva. I was wondering if you could speak more on the focus as of Radharani in our line of um, Guru, Radha as Guru. Uh-huh. Well, that's a big topic. Um, for sure, uh, could be a lecture too, but... Um, I could answer something briefly, perhaps. Um, um, there's um, Radharani is Krishna's guru. Hmm? The dancing of Radharani hmm? that is Krishna's guru. He's the dancing god. But he's learning how to dance by her example. Hmm? This has been beautifully penned um, uh, from the heart through the hand of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. Radhikar Premerun Mata. Ami Shishaguru Nata. I am the student, and your, your dancing is the guru. I'm learning from you everything. Yes, he was initiated by Sandipani Muni, so on. But Radharani is his Siksha Guru, hmm? learning much from him, from her. So, um, the most you can know about Krishna, you can learn from her. Hmm? 
So sometimes we say the guru is representative of, of Radharani. In another sense, we say guru is representative of Balaram, Nityananda. Hmm? Both ideas. Both are correct. They're different perspectives from the Ladini perspective, from the from the Sandini perspective, hmm? from the Samvit perspective. We say Krishna is the guru. These are elements of the Sarup Shakti, so different ways of looking at it. Hmm? So from the point of view of the Ladini, then Radharani is the fountain of the guru, guru tattva in a sense, because uh, there's, as I said, in every devotee, there's a little bit of Radha. Hmm? She's Bhakti Devi. Hmm? That said, um, in our line, the the service of Radha is, is is most esteemed. The position of her handmaidens is thought to be the highest ideal one can attain, hmm? and um, it's very extreme. And therefore, there develops in the devotee more affection for Radha than for Krishna. Hmm? Hmm? This idea. Now, if you want to look at that from the perspective of the guru, tattva, also, then there is also a position that can be taken that while guru bhakti is a limb of the body of Krishna bhakti, some devotees reverse this and make Krishna bhakti a limb of the of the body of guru bhakti. Hmm? And so there's some parallel between this idea, if you will, and the idea that Radharani becomes more important than than Krishna. Hmm? This is said to be very pleasing to Krishna. Hmm? This is a kind of special kind of guru bhakti. Hmm? But um, but but the. Um, the guru as representative of Radha, in, in, I guess we're going to say in the full sense of the term in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, means representing that Madhura Rasa and that, um, that Babalasa or um, Radha Dasyam. Hmm? The Manjaris love Radha Dasyam. It's a kind of Madhura Rasa, but it plays out as, as servitude to Radha. Hmm? It's very peculiar. Hmm? Because there's no romanticizing directly with Krishna in this. But one experiences the romanticizing of Radha with Krishna, hmm? in, which is, exceeds any measure of romanticizing that anyone else could experience hmm? um, without competing with Radha Rani, but joining her, so to speak, in the service by facilitating and serving. And, and, and so, given that ideal then sometimes we say the guru is a representative of Radha, means representative of this um, <coughs> prospect, and he or she is um, involved in that ideal, has that ideal. Hmm? The guru has that ideal. Hmm? So many of our gurus have that ideal, like Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur, like Rupa Goswami, like... You know, we could go, you know, quite a few, list of them, most of them. Hmm? So, in that sense, then, those in that bhava, hmm, with that ideal, we can say they are representing Radharani. Just like, I'll give you an, ex- an, an example of this. On the Jaladutta, you know, Prabhupada's prayer to, prayer to Lord Krishna. Hmm? 
He says, oh, my dear buddy, Krishna, hmm, that um, I want to advise you that uh, it's known throughout the world that that if Radharani is pleased with you, your life will be successful. So, have I got your attention? Yes, Krishna says, okay. Then Prabhupada says, so, that being the case, Radharani has sent me here. I'm on this boat because Radharani has told me to be on this boat. Hmm? How is that? My Gurudev, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, hmm? is a handmaiden of Radha. Hmm? And so he only does the bidding of Radha. Hmm? And so he's asked me to do something. That must be what Radharani wants of me. Hmm? And that is to spread the teachings of Gore all over the world in English-speaking languages. So I'm on this boat for that reason. Hmm? And so I'm telling you... Hmm? Because this is what Radharani want, wants of me, and I'm your friend, you're my friend, hmm? and it will be good for you, I'm giving you friendly advice, that if, you, if you please Radha. This is a way in which you can please Radha. Hmm? This is an in for you here. Hmm? You're going to get points with her, and this is going to make your life successful. Hmm? And so I advise you, humbly, uh, actually with some force in my voice, that you must give me the power to do her work. Hmm? And if you give me the power to do her work, then, oh, the whole world will be happy and everyone will share in the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and so on and so forth. And, and then when it's all in place, then I would like to join you in the cowherding leelas that are fun for me. Hmm? And I have affinity for, along with my affinity for those pastimes of Radha and Krishna that that, that the Prinarmasakas dream about and speak about in their dreams, and sometimes Chandravali hears them in the daytime. <coughs> and it's a problem. Hmm? Mother Mongols dreaming, and then she, anyway, that's a long story. So this is an idea of how the Guru represents Radharani as Prabhupada's envisioned in his poems. Does that help? Yeah. The brief answer. Very short answer. All right. Radhe ki jai. Radha kanai lao ki jai. Aise bhakti vedanta swami prabhupada ki jai. Bhakti rakshak siddhar dev goswami maharaj ki jai. Bhakti sadanta sarasri thakur prabhupada ki jai. Shri bhakti vinod paribar ki jai. Krishna road temple ki jai. Gaur bhakta brinda ki jai. Gaur premanande. Hare Krishna.